Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Coming up on NBA Today, the Lakers, they were blown out in what was the best game of the year for the Suns' big three. How can L.A. avoid hitting rock bottom before it's too late? Plus, what's next for Golden State? Could a total overhaul of this roster be on the horizon for the four-time champs? We discuss. And the Bucks they sent a message that led the Celtics not to play a single starter in the second half. Should there be any concern in Boston? We'll tell you that and so much more. NBA Today on a Friday starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Our senior insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, our senior writer, Brian Windhorst, the one and only Kendrick Perkins. I'm Malika Andrews. Hey, what's up, Woj? You'll be by here in just a minute. Hi, Perk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we have a star-studded set, and the Suns and Lakers, it was a star-studded night for them. But, as was the case for most of the games last night, only one team showed up for this one. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, we saw them go head-to-head for the fourth time this season. Remember in the last five years, we didn't see that before then. Devin Booker, Nurkic, some nice ball movement here to start. Bradley Beal knocks down the three. And then on the other end here, watch Devin Booker intercepts the pass from LeBron James. Booker to Durant. Out to Beal. This is what we've been waiting for, Perk. The Suns' big three in sync early. Absolutely, but it started on the defensive end, getting out in transition with the spacing, and oh my God. Behind the back the to pull back. up mid-range for Kevin Durant. He had 18 points, 7 of 12 from the field, and then Devin Booker. He just sinks the elbow jumper there. Who said the mid-range was dead? 16 points for Booker in the first quarter. He finished with 31 overall. And then watch this perk off the miss from Josh Okogie. Ah, but see, that's what I'm talking about, the 50-50 balls. Now, the dunk was nice as hell, but it's the 50-50 ball. He wanted that. That's what Phoenix either do. We are now familiar with your range, Mr. Okogie. The Suns led by 14 at halftime here. And then Bradley Beal. Hits the step back three. And then the next possession, Bradley Beal going to work once again. What were you saying about the mid-range? Oh, it's deadly. <laughs> Many. And a little shimmy hey. for good measure. And then on the other end, Beal, he gets the rebound here. And then hits the pull-up three in transition. And then for good measure, because this is a Hollywood ending, blows a kiss. Beal had 20 points in the third. He finished with 37. Who's on the start waving My sources say she was waving to Devin Booker, not Grayson Allen. Well, uh, Bradley Beal would like to have a word with his teammates. LeBron James, AD, can't be too happy with this result because the Lakers, they just keep sliding. That's after winning the in-season tournament. They've lost 11 of their last 16 games, and seven were by double digits. The Lakers have dropped from sixth in the West to tenth and are now four and a half games back of sixth place. And if they are not already there, Kendrick Perkins, how can the Lakers avoid hitting rock bottom <laughs> you know what make a move make a move that's how they go avoid it they 
They have to. I mean, when you look at all the top teams around the Western Conference, they have a third star, a third playmaker. And I understand we want Austin Reeves to be that guy, but he's not providing what you need him to provide. And when LeBron James don't have it going at the point forward position, who else can you put in place to make that team go? They don't have that. I think the Lakers have reached that spot, Malika, because they're now 39 games into the season. They're under 500. They've seen what this team can do. And importantly, I know that they've had some injuries to role players. AD and LeBron have generally been healthy the whole way. This is then those guys basically have full power. Starting on Monday, their full roster is tradable. I think you will see the Lakers move into a new phase and look to find a deal. That doesn't mean they're going to get one, but I think they will attempt to look into trying to find a deal after Monday. But is there a player that they need? So I know everyone's been talking about Zach Levine. I think his salary is a challenge. I also think that the Lakers want a guy who can play at both ends of the court. So I would think that I don't think Zach Levine's going to be the answer. I would see – I think the Lakers are keeping an eye on DeJounte Murray with the Atlanta Hawks. That's not going to be a simple trade to pull off. There's going to, it's going to be expensive. DeJounte Murray, however, would give them that guard who plays at both ends and would take some of the ball. He's not a pure point guard, but he could take some of the ball handling pressure uh, that you know off, off LeBron James. Atlanta's ready to trade DeJounte Murray. They have given uh, some time to the Trey Young, DeJounte Murray backcourt. I think they're ready to move on from it. DeJounte Murray is the player that they're engaged uh, around the league with. And they have talked to the Lakers. They've exchanged some ideas on a potential trade. Uh, but they're engaged with a lot of teams. They gave up a lot for DeJounte Murray. They gave up two of their own first-round picks, a pick swap, and a, and a third first-round pick that they had control of. They want to get some value back for him. So you look at that Lakers roster uh, and you see what of value do they have that can compete in the marketplace. I think there's lots of teams interested in him. Mm. The question is, how much are they willing to give up for Murray? When you're this far out from the trade deadline, usually you're not getting people's best yet. And so I think the Lakers are going to be in this. But there are a number of teams interested, but I do think – the chances of him moving before the deadline are very, very high. And, and, and let me be very, very clear. There's no player out there, whether it's Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray, uh, I don't know the status of DeMar DeRozan or Pascal Siakam, that's going to help elevate the Lakers to a title contender. That's just going to help them compete in the playoffs. Right, so it's not going to be like it's a player out there that they can go grab and all of a sudden they go, they, they're going to become one of the favorites. No, I'm not saying that, but they're in the worst position right now and they need to make something happen because the energy is bad. And see, what ends up happening is, is when, you get, when it's getting close to the trade deadline, right, and guys hear their name being thrown out there, it's hard to buy in. It's hard to give an organization, an organization everything that you have. I went through that when I was with the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? I had a heads up that, hey, Perk, you might be getting traded. We had two games before that, and it was hard for me to go out there and put my all into it. it but you also know the reality in the NBA. We can probably count on two hands the number of guys who are never really in trade talks. Everybody else in the league mm-hmm. is, and that's the reality. Well, and, and, and you were setting the market, Woj, for, for the, and the reality for someone like DeJounte Murray. I guess my question, Brian, is can the Lakers afford to be outbid? So, as Woj said, the, they got multiple first-round picks. When, when, they gave up multiple first-round picks to acquire DeJounte Murray. So you would have to think that any negotiation with the Lakers would include the one first-round pick that they have to trade. Um, but I think the reason the Lakers, I think, would be willing to do something like that is that 
They've decided they've been playing LeBron at point guard these last handful of games, and his production level has gone down. It's very taxing, as you know, Perk, to get out for LeBron to be out there and play point guard. And his numbers have slipped a little bit. And so, you know, they don't have D'Angelo Russell in the starting lineup. They don't have Austin Reeves in the starting lineup. They've got LeBron in the starting lineup. And you look and see right there, you know, the way LeBron's numbers are affected. So to have another guard, I think, is, is a priority. The, the Hawks did sign uh, Murray to a contract extension before the season, but the contract extension was viewed around the league as a, as a reasonable extension. It would not be like Zach Levine, where that would be like a contract that would be a little bit of a cumbersome. So I think that there's a number of reasons why DeJounte Murray fits, but as Woj says, a lot of people might feel that way. Yeah, and I think you, you talked about the draft pick. It would almost assuredly have to be in uh, a deal for DeJounte Murray. I think the question for the Lakers, if they really want an upgrade, their roster are they willing to put um, are they willing to put Reeves in a deal? Mm. And I think on his contract, I think there's a sense of you know they'd like to do everything they can to hold on to him because you create another hole yep. if you do trade him. And so whether it's whether he would go to Atlanta or whether it might be a bigger deal, there's always three and four team discussions going on. I think that's going to be the moment of truth for Rob Polink and the Lakers at the trade deadline. I think without putting uh, Reeves in a deal, I think it's harder to get back. Uh, the kind of difference maker Perk's talking about. Let's bring Zach Lowe into this discussion. Zach, as you're listening to all this, is there a move that you like the most for the Lakers? I think DeJounte Murray would be a great fit, but I think Woj just nailed it. If I'm the Atlanta Hawks, I'm asking the Lakers, why am I taking any deal you can offer me that doesn't have Austin Reeves in it? And if I'm the Lakers, I'm saying... Wait, we just re-signed Austin Reeves to a great contract. That's kind of a lateral move for us. And so then you start to think bigger. And I had an executive from another team spitball with me yesterday. Could the Lakers, if Reeves is involved, construct a bigger deal where they get DeJounte Murray and Bogdan Bogdanovich, the sharpshooter they so badly need. Now, that's got to include Rui Hachimura and or D'Angelo Russell, more draft compensation, Jordan hood Shafino. It just starts to get super complicated, particularly with the Lakers already over the tax and near the hard cap, as Bobby Marks reminded me. These deals, the more players you add to them, the harder they are to construct. But for a player of DeJounte Murray's caliber, I think the Hawks are rightfully going to say, we need Austin Reeves, and the Lakers are going to say, ugh, that doesn't seem awesome for us. It's, it's a tough, tough yeah. spot because, look, I've said it all season. Their offense stinks. They're 24th in offensive efficiency, and they ain't going anywhere as long as that's the case. They sound a little bit like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Listen, we, we have spent the first 10 minutes of this show talking about the losing side of this coin. So mm -hmm. let's give a little love to the Phoenix Suns here. Zach, what stood out to you from the big three last night? Yeah, a team won the game and a team that has about <laughs> as much at stake in winning this season as the Lakers do, given what they traded to build this big three of Durant, Booker, and Beal. And I just want to highlight a couple of plays because every game now is going to be how do these three fit together on offense? Can they maximize their skills? Two plays stood out. Here's KD bringing the ball up, pass to Nurk. Kind of a pick and roll. And look what Anthony Davis has to do on this, on this pitch play. Drop way back, kick back to Nurkic. This is a Draymond Green play. AD are all the way back there, handoff to Booker. He misses an open three, but I like it because they're going to need to get threes up. And this made me smile. Brad Beal screening for KD. Which way is the screen going to go? We don't know. And now KD's got the mismatch. Brad Beal rolls into open space. Options all over the place. That, those plays are the best Phoenix players amplifying each other, making things easier for each other. Because if it's just your turn, my turn, mid-range twos, 
it's too hard even for players of that caliber to win four playoff series. So just every game, do we see signs of growth from a team that just hasn't been good enough yet, even with all three of their guys in? Last night, signs of growth. Absolutely. But we, we, we already knew that, when, like, Phoenix, when they're, when they're clicking, could be one of the best offensive teams in the league, right? We know that. But Kevin Durant, I've been begging for him to be a leader, right? And it showed last night from jump ball, from the tip-off, he guarded LeBron James. He did what Kawhi Leonard did to him a couple of nights ago. He made it tough on LeBron. LeBron was 3 for 11. Uh, KD, couple forced turnovers. We saw it in the highlight. Right. When they got in transition, that was because KD was guarding him. LeBron tried to quick spin the act, act, activity of the hands. Kevin Durant has to be the leader. We could beg and plead on when Devin Booker is going to take that leap. If this Suns team is going to be a title contender, they have to be led by Kevin Durant, and he has to do it on a night-to-night basis. When was the last time we saw LeBron James have 10 points in a game? The night he sprained his ankle against the Hawks a couple years ago and hit a three just to keep it alive, the streak alive. I thought the Haw- I thought the, um, they had great spirit, the Suns, last night. Their team had great spirit on the bench. They had great spirit on the court, cheering for each other. They're working on it. Frank Vogel's working on his rotations, trying to figure it out. They're trying to tweak their fourth quarter rotations to, to get deal with that problem. And most importantly, I thought Bradley Beal looked great. Oh, yeah. He had an explosive dunk against the Clippers the other day. I was at the game. I was like, wow, he does look like that back is better. He goes 8 of 10 on threes. I know he's not going to do that every night, obviously, but he showed great um, bounce in his step, and I thought it was a great step forward for the Suns last night. I, I thought they were going to leave him in for 40. I really did. I thought they were, he was going to go I think he it. thought so, too. When they, they, they took him out. <laughs> we have a lot to get to on our show today, my friends. Did Milwaukee send a message to the entire league in their blowout win against the league's best team, Perk? Was that the statement you've been calling for? You wanted a statement win. A signature win. A signature win. My bad. Plus, sticking in the East, Miami star, big man, Bam Adebayo, he joins. And we ask him which team the Heat fear the most. You're not going to want to miss his answer. And the Warriors, they haven't seen many dubs as of late. Are we seeing the last of Steph, Clay, and Draymond together? We'll tell you next. Don't go anywhere. You're watching NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. We have to be better. We have to play better. We have to defend better. We have to trust one another better. 
You have to be coached better. When I look at the Milwaukee Bucks and I look at what's their problem, they look old, they look slow. They only have three wins that are double-digit wins. The fact that they haven't had a convincing win. The Milwaukee Bucks still haven't got their signature win. You were asking for it, Perk. Yeah. When was it going to come? When were they going to have that big statement signature win? Does last night count? Yeah, it was a good signature win. Okay, well, let's take a look mm -hmm. at what went down. Remember Drew Holiday returning to Milwaukee for the first time since he was traded, getting some love from the crowd in Pfizer Forum. But Holiday's former teammates, they would uh, ruin his return. Bobby Portis hits the three there. But that's the, this is the style that the Bucks need to play, right? Inside out. Inside out. That's great basketball. Once again, Giannis to Bobby in the corner. This would be a premonition. As we to thought, what was to how come. high is that run counter going to go? When they, when they put that up there. Let me, let me tell you, Brian, it's going to go a lot higher oh. than just an eight. All right, I'm going <laughs> to take a break here. Run here. Once again, the Milwaukee Bucks getting out in transition. What is it? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. This is why Milwaukee loves him. He plays hard and with heart and he had his fingerprints all over this one, Perk. Absolutely. But look, I actually love this lineup with Giannis at the five and Bobby at the four. Like, keep up with the pace of the league. This is, he got a bag. 18-0 run. And I ain't talking about money. run Bobby now. got game. Giannis and Bobby, they would score the first 20 of a 25-0 run for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's the longest run since the year my sister was born, 97. Well, Here's Giannis on like <laughs> I feel like the team after this win, I feel like the team came together. You know, I feel like our, our chemistry is better now. I feel like we needed this, you know. I think like we believe in one another now. Uh, and hopefully we can, we can carry over. The Celtics, they just came out a little flat, deflated, lethargic, whatever you want to call it. But this was unprecedented. Boston's 33-point loss is the fourth largest by any team that entered the game with a win percentage of over 750. So, Zach, last night that Milwaukee Bucks team, it didn't look anything like the one that we've seen drop four of their last five games. So what did Giannis and the Bucks prove to you with that win? Well, first, Boston was on a back-to-back -back yep. after an overtime game at home. Let's oh, out of the way. Milwaukee proved this. Boston might have more depth, might have better one-to-seven talent, might have a better defense, might have more shooting, all of that stuff. They have the advantage in all those areas on some nights. Milwaukee reminded everybody, we've got the Giannis advantage. And on some nights, that is enough to overcome any disadvantage we might have because that dude is so big, so strong, and so fast that he can almost single-handedly win these games. And the dunks and the kickouts, is he gets open threes, and it's toast. And I remember two seasons ago in the playoffs when Boston made the finals, the Bucks took them to seven in the second round without Chris Middleton. And you talk to anyone around the Celtics with the Celtics after that series, the respect they had for Giannis and just, man, we are so relieved to be done with that dude. He's so physically taxing to deal with. Last night was a reminder that he can be a one-man wrecking crew. <laughs> it wasn't a reminder. We know who the hell Giannis is. That was a good signature win for the Bucks, so that they, 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 they could feel good. But I'm not about to overreact, 
but I did see something I like, right? I like the mat, I like the the tandem of more Bobby Portis along with Giannis. Spread the floor so Giannis could get downhill because of Bobby Portis' ability to shoot the three. No slight to Brooke Lopez. On the defensive side of things, we know Bobby Portis could switch pick and rolls. But I thought last night the Bucks did what they were supposed to do. They were waiting. They had been struggling, and they needed this win. Like, they needed this win. We heard a couple weeks ago when AD came out against uh, – AD spoke out and he said – this was a must-win situation for us when they played the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is what, what happened last night, a prime example for the Milwaukee Bucks. Is this a turning point, though, for Milwaukee? I don't know about that. They really haven't been playing well at all the last couple of weeks. I think they were 1-4 in, in January before this. Um, it's unfortunate schedule because not only was it back-to-back, -back, it was their fifth game in seven nights for, for, for Boston. But I will say this. Boston is one of the league's best teams, period, but certainly on the second night of back-to-backs. They were 5-1 and one the second night of back-to-backs. So you give Milwaukee credit for knowing they had a little bit of an advantage and stepping on their throat and not making it a game and forcing Joe Mazzulla to bench his starters for the second half. The, the, the Bucks get credit for that. I still think they've got to prove themselves defensively, but this was definitely a positive night for them, and you can tell, as Giannis said, they needed that. What's wrong, Park? Can, can we stop with the back-to-backs? Like, Let's let's stop making excuses. Anthony Edwards set a bar the other night, the other night against the Celtics on what he did. Okay, he set a bar. Do you know in 2008 when we were going for a championship? Do you know what our record was on back-to-backs? 16 and three. It's a mentality. It's a mental. It's a mental thing. Like we keep saying, oh, on the back-to-back, -back, the team got the advantage. No, if you want to go in there and win, damn it, you got it on your mind. You're going to do everything that you need to do. And it starts a few days before. You know your schedule was coming up. You know how your rest pattern and everything else should be. So, you know, like we keep saying back-to-backs and all this. No, get your mind right. Well, it's clear the Milwaukee Bucks, they had their mind right for this. They had two days off, and they knew what they needed to go do going into this one. And we're going to get to see them again in our NBA Wednesday matchup. Giannis, the Bucks, they're in Cleveland take on the Cavs on ESPN and then LeBron James the Lakers they host the Mavs at 8 30 that one's on ABC our NBA countdown crew is going to tip off the night at 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN coming up will the Warriors try to stop their downward spiral with a move before the deadline Woj is back to outline the dub's options to stop what Steph is calling the insanity. And did you guys see the 62-point win for SGA and the Thunder? Oh, by the way, they were on a back-to-back, Perk. <laughs> Why the definition <laughs> of getting beat? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Lift every voice and sing. Love is the prevail of everything, you know, and to be able to, um, no matter, you know, your shape or size or, or where you're from or no matter your walk of life, whatever the case may be, I think to be able to live amongst each other, no matter, like I said, your race or your color or whatever, the color of your skin, whatever the case may be, you know, when you're preaching positivity and you're preaching love, I think that's amazing. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Some breaking news out of the college football world. Alabama has wasted little time replacing Nick Saban as head coach. According to our Pete Thamel, Kalen DeBoer has informed the University of Washington officials he's taking the job at Alabama, and he is expected to tell his team soon. Ooh. So from a college football dynasty to the dynasty in the NBA, Golden State, I mean, between Draymond Green's suspension, the team falling to 12th in the West in the standing, there is a whole lot going on. It's a good thing we have Mark Spears, our senior writer for Anscape, here with us. Wednesday, though, Mark, yes. you saw it up close. It felt like a tipping point. Their 31-point loss to the Pelicans, that was their worst home loss of Steph Curry's career. But it's what he said after the game that caught our attention. Do you almost feel like that trade deadline coming up, you've got a certain amount of time to show management to keep things together or they might have to make some major decisions? I mean, we have a standard that's pretty evident that if things stay the same, you know, that's a definition of insanity, right? Keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. I mean, Steph sounds like he's ready for something to change. Well, are the Warriors ready to make a move before the trade deadline? Yeah, let, uh, you never hear Steph Curry talk that way, no. ever talk that way, and that carries a lot of weight. And certainly, these conversations go on behind the doors, but behind closed doors, but you don't ever hear that publicly. But this is a Golden State team organization. They are open to just about everything, and I don't think there's ever been a period uh, during this run you could say that. But I think outside of Steph Curry... I think this is a front office and an ownership group that is willing to talk about anything out there and is open to anything. And, you know, they have hard decisions to make between now uh, and the trade deadline. But, you know, they still want to figure out a way to put a contender around uh, Steph Curry while he's still playing at the level he is. They've not played like a contender yet at all. Mm. Uh, but Draymond Green coming back, they still have some more time to see what it might look like. Yeah. But I think change is coming in to some degree in Golden State. Even, Brian, walking around arenas, opposing executives are kind of pontificating out loud, what is the best path forward for Golden State? Well, they're a little bit hamstrung because their payroll is so enormously high, and that makes some things difficult both now and in the future. I would just say that while I do think that they're going to look to change something on this roster, the way that they get back to being the level they can be is by getting their star players to play star players again. Getting Draymond Green back, getting that two-man game back with Steph Curry, getting Klay Thompson back to himself, getting Andrew Wiggins, if they retain him, to start rebounding and defending like he did. That's going to be the key. Yes, they may go and look to add something to try to help them, and obviously get Chris Paul back hopefully later in the season. There's not a magic trade. There's not a player that you're going to make a deal for that's all of a sudden going to come and make them the team they were two years ago. I don't know about that. I like a potential Pascal Siakam trade. 
The Warriors definitely need a number two score. He could be that. He's had a great season. And to do that, though, it's going to hit you. Like, you're probably going to have to trade Kaminga to do that. You know, Wiggins, I was told by a GM that there's not a lot of value for Wiggins right now, although you could package him and Kaminga together. You could pack Kaminga and CP to make it happen. But the Warriors desperately need to make a trade, and that's one of them that they could do. Pascal Siakam is going to have a lot of voice about where he gets traded because he's going to be a free agent this summer. And so if you are trading for Pascal Siakam, you have to be ready to max him out. you got to know that he wants to be there. And so, and you have to have a package out there that makes sense for Toronto. Uh, I, I do think, listen, they've been engaged for really a couple of years on Siakam. Mm. I, I think they're getting, because he could walk at the end of the season, uh, they've not gotten anywhere on doing an extension together. Uh, I think for the Warriors, the risk is, okay, what, what do we want to do with our payroll? Are we willing to max out Pascal Siakam? Because there are teams with cap space this summer that are going to be willing to do it. You know, a team like Indiana, it's going to be really interesting because if you're looking at the next five years or next four years for Pascal Siakam and the chance to play, let's say, with a Tyrese Halliburton and the group they have in Indiana, they have the cap space. If you're the Pacers who've been engaged with Toronto on this, you know, you don't have to necessarily go out and give the really good young players that Masai Ujiri would love to get, Jairus Walker for one or a Ben Matherin, because you have the flexibility to know, hey, we can give this guy a max deal this summer without moving anything around. The Warriors do have interest in Pascal. You're right, Mark. I think it's a difficult pathway because he's going to have a lot of say about where he goes. They're going to have to find out something. Have interest as well. They're going to have to figure out something, though, because we're talking about Steph Curry putting something, not necessarily with Pascal, but something to put a team around an all-time great that gets him back into the – we're talking about the playoff picture. We're not even talking about, the, the, about a contender. And, and, and guess what? Everyone wants to play with Steph Curry. So if Golden State was to pursue and go out there and get Pascal Siakam, it wouldn't be for a short-term rental because you wouldn't have to convince him to stay in Golden State because everyone wants to play with Steph. Yeah, they all want to get paid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but, but listen, here, here's the thing, right? You may have to give up a contract like an Andrew Wiggins. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with Klay Thompson well, this offseason. To your but, point, Golden State has shown that they're not scared to pay. Yeah, but yeah, and we don't know what's going to happen with Klay Thompson. I'm we, just going to be honest with you guys. Let me. The Warriors can get outbid for Pascal Siakam, and the other teams will willing to pay Pascal Siakam more. They're in a bad uh, position. Well, you don't make the trade oh, unless he wink winks. Okay, but let, let me say this to you: since we, we did y'all listen to Klay Thompson post game, right? Don't didn't it sound like a guy that's exhausted with the organization? They asked him. Okay, the question was asked about the fans booing. Clay Thompson's response was, am I supposed to lose sleep, any sleep tonight? Like, is that a response from a champion, a guy that didn't want four championships, a winner that wants to be part of the organization? Hell no. That sounds like a guy that is frustrated and needs a change of scenery. So while we're sitting up here talking about the cap space and whether or not they're going to have the money, they might just have the money because Clay Thompson might be off the books. So they might want to move Clay Thompson before it's too late, before they lose him for nothing. I, I know that Mike Dunleavy will do the work. I know that Joe Lacob will find you, money. You do know? The Calgary, the Calvary is not coming. 
Maybe they'll make a move around the edges to help him out, but the cavalry is not coming. It's got to be Steph Curry. It's got to be Draymond Green. It's got to be Klay Thompson. Those are the guys that got the banners up there. That's the chance that they have. You know what's crazy is that every single day we talk about Golden State, it's like reading a damn book that says, true story, right? This book is a true story, and we open it up, and we just want to believe that it's fiction. The rightness on the damn wall, they are done. They have to break up the band. How many times do I have to say this? You don't shovel dirt on a dynasty before, we've said this, before the final embers have burned. Well, one GM told me there is interest in Draymond as well. I mean, but a four-year, $100 contract moving, that just seems, but. Yeah, there is interest in Draymond Green. They're not ready to go there yet. Let's let them get back and play. Listen, this all could look a lot different in a couple weeks when Draymond Green comes back. They have played a lot of close games. They've lost a lot of close games. I know what it looked like the other night, and we've seen at times this year, but the group they have on the floor is certainly not good enough. They're going to get players back here. Chris Paul is about a month out, and Draymond Green can make a big impact. Yeah. Certainly it's going to be up to him. Well, Draymond Green, there, there is no player, maybe, that impacts Steph Curry and frees Steph Curry like Draymond Green does. And that's what you were calling for, free Steph, free Steph. But Draymond Green, the expectation is that sometime on this four-game road trip that he is going to return. And they're in Chicago tonight. It's part of a, a tough trip that they have going on here. According to ESPN Analytics, Perk, the matchup predictor, the only game Golden State is expected to win Monday. That one's against the Grizzlies. That's one of 11 games on the slate on Monday. The Jazz are ahead of them NBA, in the standings. Right. As the NBA observes Martin Luther King Day. So here's some of our crew sporting the NBA gear, honoring Dr. King. All right, King. now. <laughs> the NBA celebrates Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s pursuit of racial, social, and economic justice. You could tell our crew hitting LA Fitness. It is always time <laughs> to do the right thing. <laughs> you guys LA can fitness. learn more. Uh, you can visit NBA.com slash Martin Luther King. But, Mark, what are teams planning to uh, observe to pay their respects to Dr. King? Well, there's going to be 11 games on uh, Martin Luther King Day, and there's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, Memphis, actually, this weekend, uh, on Sunday, Elliot Perry, former Grizzly, he's going to speak on a panel about race and sports mm. with Renee Montgomery, former uh, WNBA champ. They're also going to honor Calvin Hill, Ozzie Smith, Alex English, and Renee Montgomery, some sports stars on Monday. The Wizards and Pistons on Sunday, they're going to watch a documentary about Rosa Parks. But I think the coolest thing is Monday in Atlanta. Atlanta always does the coolest thing. Killer Mike is performing at halftime. Oh. That's Woj's favorite rap artist. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, we they got a choir. Oh. Their famous choir, yep. and they do the intro, so when they announce Trey Young, the crowd will go, I mean, the choir will go, Trey Young! Oh, I didn't realize you had so those pipes, Perk Mark. And Malika, when they say DeJounte Murray, how, how's the choir going to make that sound? Uh, well, I can't even, I can't even DeJounte Murray. No, I have to work up that a little bit. I'll workshop that a little bit. See, I left y'all too out. You didn't want to. <laughs> you're not, play, you're not playing to our strengths here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, we did have your favorite rapper, though. Mark, thank you so much for that yeah. insight. It's a pillar day in the NBA Monday as the entire league observes Dr. Martin Luther King. Coming up next on NBA Today, last night the theme was was simple. I was asking what's one word. I was asking social media to describe. Blow out. That was the word to describe tonight. Boston was no exception. Big perk lights up Boston. Next. 
go the get smoked regardless. What that means for the No, I mean, okay, see what oh, no, okay. Bam Adebayo is here with us as well, Perk. He tells us why he thinks everyone could be counting out the heat. Lift every voice and sing. For me, being part of the NBA Social Justice Coalition, it's all about equality, it's all about fighting for social justice, it's all about fighting against the evils of the world, and, and, and also things that are not evil, but just things that need improving. I think MLK Day is a great day for all of us to take a step back, remind ourselves that we have a lot more work to do, and to continue to fight for his dream. The NBA will celebrate Dr. King on Monday. Now, though, it's time to go coast to coast with some action around the association. We're going to start actually overseas. The third ever game was played in Paris. The Cavs, they won their fourth straight. Donovan Mitchell, he hit a season-high 45 points. Brian, how are the Cavs thriving without Mobley and Garland? Nine and three in their last 12. They've gone to a more spread-the-floor offense. Jarrett Allen is thriving. They're passing the ball, shooting threes, and Donovan's playing great. It's been a great formula. They got some challenges to figure out how to reintegrate those guys. Sacre bleu, as they always say, from Paris to Dallas, right? That's where we go. The shorthanded Mavs, they snapped the Knicks five-game winning streak without Luka. Kyrie, though, he took over. 44 points, 10 assists, his most points scored as a Mav. Zach, what's Dallas' ceiling this season? Watch out. Watch out for the Mavs. Kyrie Irving is playing at an all-star level, and they've done real well to be where they are. Luka and Kyrie have only played 20 games together. Watch out for the Mavs. Moving on to OKC, the Thunder, they dismantled the Trailblazers, 139-77. 62-point win. That's tied for the fifth largest in NBA history. Perk, what was your reaction to that? As expected. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my boy what? they're Chauncey. still an NBA yeah, team. I'm saying Paul Chauncey, he didn't sign up for this. Well, I mean, the theme of the night, it was blowouts. Revisiting what was at least on paper the best game of the night, the Bucks won 135-102 against the Celtics. They led by 37 points at halftime. That is the largest halftime lead versus the team with the best record in the NBA in the shot clock era. The Celtics players, they didn't even start in the second half. Now, Thursday night, it was a big one for blowouts. It was a night we haven't seen in the league in quite some time. There were three lead changes total across five games. <laughs> of the five losing teams on Thursday, the largest lead of any of them was five by the Blazers, who ended up losing by 32 points. So sticking with the Blazers, they became the first franchise in league history to have multiple 60-point losses. It was a night of blowouts. Um, we're going to get to that, but let's talk a little bit about your Celtics perk. Uh, you had a problem with how they approached this? Absolutely, I did. And it started with Joe Mazzulla because it was his call. And that was a weak move. To not what play the starters in the second half. Yeah, to not play the starters in the second half. What, whatever happened to Celtic pride? My eight and a half years, that's all I was hearing is Celtic pride. You know, it's the city of champions and you know, would never Please tap out. Well, they tapped out last night, and that was embarrassing. The late, great Bill Russell is rolling over in his grave right now for that. You know, at least give them an opportunity, your starters, to come out in the second half and at least see if they could cut into the league. You don't tack out, tap, tap out when you're the head coach of the Boston Celtics. 
one of the most historical franchises in sports history, one of the most winning franchises in sports history. That was a weak move by Joe Mazzulli, and it was an embarrassment to the organization. And I can't believe my good friend Wick Grosbeck and Steve Pagluga is not upset about that. Zach, are you on the same side as Perk here? Well, first of all, I forgot to do something, and it's a good thing it's Friday because I have a rule. Whenever Perk mentions the 2008 Celtics, I have to take a drink. Oh. So bottoms up from the segment a couple of segments what's ago. In what's in what's there? In there? What's in there? Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what's in there. Oh. Perk, are we really going to do the outrage thing over this? Really? They were down by a million points on the road, on a back-to-back, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If they play the second half and get within 28 and Jason Tatum sprains his ankle in the fourth quarter, we're going to hear the opposite from some people in the outrage brigade about why is he even in the game. I can't get fired up about this, but I can drink to the 2008 Celtics. Well, Zach, Zach, you know why I could get fired up about this? It's because I actually wore that uniform for eight and a half years. I actually was around the the I facility. know you did. Okay, You're a champion. But listen, but listen, I was actually around I the facility. I gotta fa- drink again. I was actually around the facility <laughs> when you have washed. legends like JoJo White, God rest his soul. When you have legends like Bill Russell, when you have Cornbread Maxwell constantly preaching to you on a night-to-night basis what Celtic pride is all about. You could cut into a 37-point lead. You could do it. It could be done. It could be done, Zach. That's just not how we do it. When of you course put up, it can be okay, done. Okay, but that's just not how you do it. We were 16-3 and three in back-to-backs. Doc wouldn't have never allowed drink. us to tap out. Yeah, one, one more time, Zach. You need another drink for the road. You just mentioned it again. All I'm going to say is this. No, I'm, 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 i got to be on TV for 15 more minutes. <laughs> if I keep only drinking, it's going to be minutes. a problem. You, you got this, Zach. It's already only a 10 problem. more minutes. You've got this. Uh, I don't know what Zach's going to be pouring during our NBA Friday doubleheader to tip off your weekend. We'll see De'Aaron Fox and the it's Kings. It's water. They take on the Sixers <laughs> at 7.30 Eastern. Then Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. They host the Pelicans. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern. Stick around. Hear from Bam Adebayo next. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. It's our way, and we don't care what you think about it. We don't care how it looks. It gets wins. Long pass and the stop by Bam Adebayo. Oh my goodness, Bam Bam. And look who's here, the center for the Miami Heat, two-time All-Star, Bam Adebayo. Thanks so much for stopping by. How are you doing? Um, I appreciate being here. I am glad that you are here. Before we get into it, Bam, we're talking in the newsroom. I just want to reiterate, you are called Bam because of the Flintstones? What is it that you did at home to earn that nickname? Let's just, let's just remind everybody. Uh, when I was younger... Oh, probably two. Uh, apparently, I mimic what the Bam Bam did in Flintstones. Mm. And I tipped over a coffee table, and it's been my nickname ever since. Let's talk about your game a little bit, Bam. How do you square the fact that you're one of the best rim protectors, one of the most versatile defenders in all of the NBA, and yet 
you've never won Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, we just leave that to everybody else. Um, it's not really up to me to decide if I'm the DPOI. It's up to the voters. Oftentimes, you know, I sit in this studio for hours and hours every day and have lots of conversations about the Eastern Conference. And the East is framed as Boston and then everybody else. What do you think of that framing? Uh, uh, it's the norm. <laughs> Honestly, um, people are going to always count us out. People are going to always say our roster is what it is. Our roster won't win. And then we get in these seven-game series, and it's a different result. The narrative might change one day. It might not. Um, the biggest thing for us is when we get in these seven-game series is the win. You, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, it's you four for the last couple of years. It's been some combination of you four. Is there a team that you want to go through, that you want to pull their number? Uh, nah. It's really pick whoever and let us lace up and hoop. Bam, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. Thank you. It's always fun to catch up with Bam. He's always just so, so smooth with it. It's now time for setting the pick, brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. So we're going to start with the Magic visiting Bam's Heat tonight. Both teams, they have the exact same record. Heading in, Perk, who you got? This is a tough one. It's going to be close, but I'm going with Bam and Tyler Hero. They've been playing some exceptional basketball and a rookie. Uh, help me out. Jaime Hawkins Jr. You didn't have to say that. I'm <laughs> yeah, Jaime Sorry, I was excited about that. Yeah, All right. I'm going to heat. <laughs> <laughs> they play the 76ers up. Brian, no Joel Embiid still listed as out. Who you got? I got the 76ers, but, you know, I'd love to have the information on Joel Embiid. I don't think it's fair I have to pick this game right now if you want my honest answer. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't mean to be unfair to you, Brian. Mark, <laughs> the Red Hot Pelicans, they visit the defending champs in Denver. Who are you taking in that one? Statement win by the Pels. Ooh. They've been 12-4 and four since Vegas. They ain't playing. They're healthy. They're, uh, they got seven players scoring over 10 points a game. The Pelicans are letting you know that they're for real tonight after being so awful in Vegas. Okay, well, that's who we got. Who are you picking? Download the ESPN Bet app and get started. New customers can receive $100 in bonus bets once they've placed their first sportsbook bet with ESPN Bet. And they have just the, the, the best face of this. <laughs> Uh, the Nuggets, though, Pelicans, Mark picked the Pelicans tonight. The Nuggets, they, they are currently the only one game out from that top spot in the West. Wh who do you think is the, the person that's challenging them, the team that's challenging them the most? Well, you know, obviously the Clippers are playing really well. They should be driven by the Clippers. Yeah. And uh, they just had a tough loss the other night to the Jazz, which is not a good loss. So I expect them to bounce back tonight. No offense to Mark's pick. <laughs> no offense to Mark. It's the Clippers. The Clippers are the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets. And if they match up – in a seven-game series, I got the Clippers winning and going to the NBA. Whoa! Oh, that's that's how you like end the week. Get into that next Wolves. week. Remember the rookie's name?